Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. This is Charlene Anderson, your wholesale sourcing expert here on August 14th, 2019 with a podcast about surviving in the online jungle. And I have to say, the jungle is pretty rough out there now. The Amazon jungle has just, the past month has flipped things on its head. It's it's been crazy. Um, Those of you who listen regularly know I'm pretty positive about Amazon. Um, Amazon provides me with a very nice living and I'm able to live where I want and uh, work when I want and still um, have a really nice income. But the past month has probably been one of the most stressful months on Amazon since I've started. And I started on Amazon in 2001. That was when my first feedback was. So I'm assuming that's when I started. was back when you could only sell books and uh, media and it was only merchant fulfilled. Um, so it's been 18 years with Amazon, and it has been a roller coaster. Um, I appreciate the the money I make on Amazon a lot, but the stress is really tough. So I'd like to talk about that just a little bit, um, because I don't think it's just me who feels this kind of stress um, involved in Amazon and, and Amazon is like it's like to me it's like whack-a-mole right now they get one problem sort of dealt with and two more problems pop up um, problems that I think there some have very simple solutions I think there really are simple solutions to some of the the um, problems that Amazon faces and some be just because of the massive scale of things um, and the international nature of the Amazon marketplace will be much harder to sort out. Um, So I'm going to jump right in and talk about some of the things I've been facing and some of the things people in the group have been facing and um, what I'm doing to keep moving forward, what's working, what's not. So I'm going to jump right in. Um, The first thing is uh, customer returns. Okay, There was a, uh, a change made last week where um, you can't turn off repackaging services anymore. It used to be that you could tell Amazon, yeah, go ahead and put my stuff in a new box or whatever and send it off and we'll trust your judgment. Or you could turn that off with the assumption that anything that came back um, from customers that Amazon judged to be less than new would be marked as unfulfillable. Well, now that's all in Amazon's hands. Um, it's up to their employees in their warehouse to decide that everything's there, to decide what condition it's in and all that. And I think this is a huge mistake. It's a huge mistake. When I get products back, it, and these are products I know intimately because I sell them every day, it takes me a little bit of time and knowledge to determine is everything in that set? Is it what condition is it in? Has it been used? Why was it returned? All of that. I don't trust Amazon to do this. The fact when a customer returns an item marked defective, Amazon will still put it in inventory as sellable. This is a huge flaw in in the whole system, huge. Um, And um, my solution, and this is one where I can say I have a simple solution to this that would work. And I have been preaching this since FBA started, however many years ago that was, is that we need a place where we can mark all our customer returns, no matter what, get sent back to us. Meaning, I don't want an Amazon employee passing judgment on my products where in the end it will fall on me if they've judged wrong and try to prove that they judged wrong. You know, you have, then have to fight that whole paper trail back to find that exact item um, that was returned and all that. Total waste of time as far as I'm concerned. I want all my customer returns sent back to me. I think that one's pretty doable, right? They can figure out how to change mark 
or uh, the disable repackaging, they can change how to fix this. And I I think about this one a lot because it's something that really bothers me, and I know lots of other group members are having um, trouble with them. You know, it's a set of three items, and they get one back, and they mark it for sellable, and then the next customer only gets the one, and therein becomes a huge problem. Um, I, I'm trying to think about what downside there is to Amazon for this. Just if I mark everything I get as a return, send it back to me, what, what downside is it? And I can't figure out, and maybe I'm missing something, and maybe those of you listening can tell me if I'm missing something, how this would be a bad thing. So, you know, my mouth to Jeff's ears, but I've even written to him about this issue. Um, when I had a coaching client who was having issues with um, electronics being returned and marked as fulfillable, and then the customer opens them up, and um, they find out the cords unwound and all that, and they were obviously used. Um, just because the packaging looks nice doesn't mean it isn't used. So in that case, we ended up having to do um, security seals on these boxes um, so they would see that those were broken. And it's not been foolproof even with that, and it also costs a lot more money um, to now apply these seals to his products as he was sending in not just pallets but tractor-trailer loads of product. He was sell- selling $7 million a year um, of one product, and this issue kept coming up. So um, I don't see a downside to Amazon. If you guys do, let me know um, because I'm going to write another letter about this issue because that repackaging service got turned off, um, and I can't trust Amazon. Um, you know, I would find it very hard to sleep well with at least trying to get this fixed. So anyway, um, next issue that's been driving me crazy is um, the customer opt-outs of um, communications. And for two reasons. One, if they if, – and I ran into this last – Friday. If they leave bad feedback, but they've opted out of the communications, it's a roundabout way to actually get the email to them. And I can safely assume that they're not going to read it, even though I figured out how to get past that because it's an issue with a specific order, how to get past that thing. But it's time consuming um, and a pain. And um, I think part of this stems from Amazon sending like nine emails for every order now. And they are guilty of sending multiple emails way past the the reasonable time about leaving feedback. Um, I got one from an order I placed three months ago, and it wasn't sent by the seller. It was sent by Amazon, but it was a third-party seller. So I think Amazon needs to cut down on the junk they send out. I think they they need to make it easier for us to communicate and – I know we can't fix this, but I don't understand how people in this world don't answer emails when it relates to money or an order or don't even look at them. You guys have faced that. I know where you've seen, you know, it's like going into a black hole. And, God, everybody's on their phone 24-7. Look at your darn emails. You know, there's a reason why. So rant on that one. Um, The other issue with these opt-outs is causing – and I'm going to be talking to Liz from Ecom, uh, Ecom Engine um, about it, is that the opt-outs count as a sent email for you, um, which means, you know, I get like 50 a day bouncing back because the people have opted out. Um, there is a setting in Feedback 5, and I'm assuming in other feedback services, that then allows you to um, put those people who opted out on a do not send again list so it doesn't perpetuate. But the first time through, you're basically paying for that email um, even though the customer never gets it, and you have no way of knowing if they've opted out until Feedback 5 sends that email, um, which means about I get about half of them people have opted out. So for me, it's a case of, do I, um, do I quit using Feedback 5, um, which I find valuable because sometimes it does help head off problems of the past. You know, the people get it. Oh, here's how I contact the seller about my problem instead of just instantly leaving negative feedback. 
But, you know, it's another expense. And if half of them are not getting them, um, is it worth it? So I'm going to talk to those, the Feedback 5 people um, and see if anything can be done about that. You know, at least I can have a communication with them. It's not like dealing with Amazon where you, you're sending an email into a black hole where you know they won't read it, read it, actually read it, and they'll just send you a, a um, form message pack that has nothing, um, nothing to do with what you asked. Um, Thalia, it's not my workaround. Feedback 5 has a link on their page on how to do it. Um, and it's actually pretty simple. There, it's a pretty elegant solution. Um, it puts them into the do not send again uh, pile in Feedback 5. I didn't develop it. They did. But the issue is you're paying for that first email um, without knowing you're sending it out blind. You know? And maybe if they could credit back you know, at least even half an email. So, it, you know, you get half of those credits back, it would be nice because um, where I'm at, the next level of sends is a huge jump in price that I'm not willing to pay. Um, whereas if I could get some credit back for these non-sends, this may be the difference between keeping it or not. I'm not sure. Um, the nice thing is it did, I did get a lot of feedback from it, which helps buffer anything bad that happens, which is nice. So... Yeah, Jennifer, they never, Amazon never follows their own rules. No, they don't. All you have to do is look at listings Amazon creates, and you can see that they don't follow their own rules. Um, Greg says, I'm thinking about dumping my feedback email program. Don't get feedback anymore, and most come back as opted out. Yeah, kind of the same situation. Um, and Amazon does send them, but it does, the ones Amazon sends don't give them the direct way to, to contact you which to me was a huge plus because then I could fix problems before they left bad feedback. Whereas um, contacting a buyer um, is not the easiest thing on Amazon. You know, you would think with all these geniuses in their little silos in Seattle, they could figure out an easier way, but, but they don't. So anyway, so I'll let you know what I find out about that, um, that issue and what changes we can make or not make and all that. So, Next little rant item is Amazon's poor packaging. And since I didn't mark this podcast as explicit before I started, I'm not going to say the words I think about it, but case in point, I got a bottle of Listerine yesterday in a bubble envelope. Mind you, it was a plastic bottle, but it's a bottle of stinky, smelly stuff, no less. I, I, the logic totally escapes me on packaging at Amazon, totally escapes me. We've seen pictures in the group of, you know, I think Al posted a little lithium battery in a giant box, you know, yet they'll slap labels on stuff that, you know, ruins the item by doing that and not, and not even put it in a box. Um, this is one where if I get the opportunity this fall when I go to California to do a tour, um, of the Amazon warehouse in um, San Bernardino, California. I'll do it. I see their tours are back open again, but I'll have to see how the timing works out on it um, just to see how it works. But this all goes back to the issue Wendy was having about them just putting shipping labels on a box. Um, I had that trouble many years ago, back probably six, seven years ago with an item. Um, and I'll explain what I had to do to get it done. Um, and think six, seven years ago, it was far easier to get things done. So if you want to try this, you can. But apparently there's a little hidden field um, in the listing for um, your product that supposedly tells Amazon whether to put it in packaging or not. And it's called the Do Not SIOC, Ship in Own Container is what SIOC stands for. Um, it's a little checkbox. And they either check Do Not SIOC or if it's unchecked, it's okay to just slap a label on it. Um, there's no way we can see this um, on our, on our um, inventory page. Um, one way you can see some of them is if you go to the Amazon catalog page and um, add it to your cart, and then it'll say, 
Um, this item is ships invisible packaging. Um, check here if you want it put in a box. That's one way to find out. What a pain in the ass, sorry, pain in the rear to, to have to do that with your products. Um, but I finally found someone on the catalog team um, that was able to explain to me this issue, and they were able to flip that switch. So as that goes through the line at Amazon and they you know, pick the box to put it in and the label and, and send it off, it shows that you can't just send it that way. Um, so I would suggest if you have an issue, um, as Jennifer says, the labels don't work. So putting a Do Not Sioc label means absolutely nothing. Nobody looks at any of that. They really don't. The stuff goes down the, the line so fast they don't see it. It's just like if it's big enough and it's a box and they can just slap the shipping label on it, they will unless that flag comes up that says do not fire, put it in a box. So um, the group members, I think it was Wendy who was having trouble with that, um, that do not sack label. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't waste your time. I really spend the time getting the catalog team to understand that this item needs to be put in a box. Um, and it'll take, God, because nothing is easy on Amazon anymore, absolutely nothing. Um, it, it will be time-consuming in the short run, but it will probably be payoff in the long run. Um, so that would be something the catalog team has to do. And if, if you get the first line of people who say, we can't do that, just keep escalating, escalating, escalating. Um, I'm going to talk about the whole hijacking and change thing in a minute, but I had one on Friday that I, I'll admit, I'll admit I was in tears over. It was an issue that I, I could not have known about, and I got a negative feedback and couldn't get it returned and got like three people who kept saying, tough, tough, tough. Finally, I put together what I considered the perfect case, asked it, asked it to be escalated, and it worked. So, um, so yeah, it's, this Amazon deal is not easy money. Um, it can be really, really good money, but it's not this passive income stream that people talk about, which annoys the heck out of me when people say that, oh, it's so simple, just throw it up, and that's the word, throw up a listing on Amazon and you'll make a fortune. Yeah, right. Don't buy that. It's, it was never easy. Right now, it's never been harder, but the upside is really, really good if we can stick to it, um, stick together as a group. I mean, you know, we're 100 people um, who, who want to do this the right way, and that's so frustrating. I mean, to want to follow the rules, to do everything right, and, you know, beating our head against the wall so many times. Um, I'm an Amazon stockholder. I bought it a long time ago, and I would love to be able to go to a shareholder meeting and actually be able to talk to someone about these issues because I don't think that there are many people on, who are on the front lines who can speak to that at shareholder meetings. But anyway, um, so next thing I want to talk about um, before I get into, yeah, yeah uh, I don't guess seven. Oh, uh, I don't know who guess seven is. It's not Shelly. Beat my hand, we're going to all saw her to the last week. I bet that's Ed. I bet that Ed um, is, yeah, beating his head against the wall. So, so that'll be the next big issue I'm going to talk about. Um, I'm going to get a few little ones out of the way. Um, by the way, Ed said he has 45 days to go on his leave the job countdown. And, Ed, you know we are all pulling for you big time. You know that. Um, so anyway, the next thing I want to talk about and remind people that um, – if you have not trademarked your store name on Amazon, do it, okay? You may not have any products that are your brand or anything, but please just do it. Um, it's, um, it's not hard. Ellie has done her own. She has several trademarks that she's gotten, and she does them on her own. I use LegalZoom. I have three now. Um, I use LegalZoom for them. Um, I think, I think it's the first line of defense on anything anymore. Um, 
and yeah, it costs a little money, but really we have to protect ourselves. If if we don't, nobody will. Um, and with the the huge upswing in in gray hat and black hat tactics that is racing around Amazon, um, just please do it. Um, make sure that your store name you own the domain to your store name, um, because if you don't it can be a can of worms to untangle later. So, um, so anyway, um, get the trademark store name. The next thing that's come up, again, and I notice it changed from when it came up last time, is this whole pesticide issue. I think, Ed, was it a pair of socks you had that are now stranded because of pesticide stuff? Um, I had a rubber stamp that was a dragonfly design put into pesticides. This was like two months ago when this mess first started. Um, I, when I looked into it, you had to go through the stupid pesticide training course. It was like, you know, you, it was watch a video, take a test, watch a video, take a test. Um, now it, is, it looks different. If you go to pesticide approval on Amazon, it's slightly different. So another thing I would suggest to everybody is do it. Just get, do the test. Do whatever they're requiring today because I looked yesterday on this to get back up today. I looked yesterday, and it, was diff- it could be different today because, you know, Amazon never gives any notice of anything. Um, so... Um, just do that. Go do it. It took me like 45 minutes to get through the whole thing, um, but it's done. Um, my guess is Ed Sock probably has something somewhere as a keyword or something that sort of could be considered a bug. Who knows? It could be, um, a, could be a typo in it. it could, who knows what it could be? But my guess is somewhere, like my rubber stamp had dragonfly in the title. Okay, they're thinking it's a bug, so it need, it's a pesticide. You know, the robot's gone wrong. Um, Ed, um, I would just, I would not try to find it unless it's in the title, the description, the bullet points, um, because you can't see the keywords. So my guess is it's probably there. Just go and do the pesticide training thing, and, you know, hopefully that will release those socks. Um, maybe they're puma socks and they think a puma is an animal and needs a pesticide. I don't know. There's no logic to it. Um, what this week has taught me is, oh, my God, I could not do Chris McCabe, Leah McHugh, Cynthia Stein's job. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. The stress is just so overwhelming. Um, um, Anyway, oh, Ed says, Amazon said the word microbe was in it somewhere. So I bet it's like um, antimicrobial, right, those socks that so your feet don't smell. I bet you that's it, and I bet you it's in the keywords, and that's why you can't see it. Another case of absolutely ridiculous. First of all, you don't use pesticides on microbes, Amazon. That's ridiculous. Whoever's sitting in their little office thinking up all these things needs to get outside and get in the real world and understand this. But anyway, so Ed, that's what I would do. Um, do the pesticide training, get the socks sold through, and, you know, move on. It's like I, I used to fight every battle, like, really big, like, because I was like, like the, the white knight coming in to fix everything. And I, re- I wanted to fix everything. I wanted every listing to be perfect and all that. And I've learned there's kind of like, there's a lot of diminishing returns. And I, I, I was so burned out Friday, Thursday and Friday, but Friday especially, that, you know, it's the closest I ever came to throwing in the towel. Um, it was really a mess. Saturday, me got slightly better because I got the feedback removed that I'm going to talk about, but still, it's a mess. So I am really trying to learn about where to fight my battles. Unless you're selling a ton of these socks, I wouldn't fight the battle. I'd do the, get the approval and let them sell, you know. Um, this whole thing about Amazon holding us to the standard that they don't tell us about, I find 
very, very frustrating. And it's a big stress inducer because if you can't find that word somewhere in that inventory page, somewhere, then how are you supposed to know? And that's the thing is like, was anything in the um, selling news about turning off repackaging services? No, Amazon just does it. And um, I don't know how they can reasonably expect people to keep on top of things when they don't tell us, which segues in very nicely to my whole issue I had Friday and Saturday about a negative feedback that I couldn't get removed. And I'll give a little backstory um, about it. I listed this product, oh gosh, um, probably five years ago. And it's a product, it's a variation of a product I sell thousands of them a week, okay? Um, And when I listed it originally, the listing was really nice, and so I've just been replenishing the item. You know, it comes in, I put the labels on it, I polybag it, it goes. So, you know, I don't pay much attention to it. And I obviously don't pay, look at the listing every time because I have 900 variations of this item. Okay, so um, so I got a, woke up Friday morning to a negative feedback saying, item looks fake. List, or, I, was, I ordered the one that was blue, had a blue cord, and I got a gold cord. What's going on? This, this looks fake. And I'm like, okay. I knew exactly what product you ordered because sizes zero, double zero, and triple zero have gold cords and every other size has blue cords. Okay, that's a company standard thing. That's how they're made. Um, and they, I asked about it at the last trade show, and they told me um, once they run out of gold cord in the factory, they'll transfer to blue cords, but they have like a couple years' worth of gold cords left, so it's going to be a while. Well, so I start investigating further, and I look at, go to my inventory page, and nowhere on my inventory page does it say blue cord, and the picture is of a gold cord. So then I go to the catalog page, And lo and behold, someone had changed the catalog page with what looks like a flat file because every variation was changed to put blue cord in the title. Like, oh, my God. So they obviously didn't know the difference that there are the three sizes times probably 40 links, so 120 of those variations have gold cords. But my inventory page still said the original thing that it was listed. And I went back and found when I first listed this item back however many years ago, and the item didn't say blue cord on there when I first listed it. And so I asked for the feedback to be removed. No, sorry, tough. We're not removing it. You know, the listing says blue cord and they got a gold cord. So I wrote back and I said, well, no, the listing didn't say that when I started selling this product. Someone changed it incorrectly, and the catalog team let that one go through. Tough. Sorry, no, tough. So what I did next, after I went in the bathroom and cried a bit and screamed, and I went to Pilates and cried there. It was embarrassing. So then I got home and said, okay, this is really annoying. And this one... I want to fix because I don't want a negative feedback. I have two neutral feedbacks on my account um, from seven or eight years ago that I can't get removed, and that's it. I'm 100%, and I have like 7,000 feedbacks. So I don't want this thing to ruin it, right, just on principle. This is one one where I'm going to fight the fight. So what I did is I went back, and I asked for a change through the fix a product page because my inventory page was just fine. Mine didn't show these stupid changes, did a screenshot of that showing. Mine didn't say blue cord on there anywhere. So how am I supposed to know? Took a screenshot of that. I, um, then I went in and had, fortunately I had one of these here that hadn't been sent in, took a picture of the packaging that had the UPC code on it, that showed it was the gold cord, blah, 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 blah. 
I went through the fix a product page and I had them fix it back to the gold cord image, um, the right wording, et cetera, et cetera. So they fixed it back. So now I had a record of, okay, the catalog team thought something was wrong with the listing, so they were willing to fix it back. So then um, I went back to send all this evidence in to get the feedback removed, and you will see that it said, I, I posted it in the group, this case closed after zero days of no activity. What the heck? Come on. It was not, it was, yeah, there was, it, there was activity like three hours before. So I'm like, oh, my God, because you know, and Ed knows for sure, how hard it is to get them to look at anything that has been closed once. So I got together all this evidence and wrote this message about, and basically my evidence was, one, when I listed it the first time, it didn't say anything about a blue cord and the picture was a gold cord. Screenshot of my inventory page proved that. Two, the catalog team now changed it back and took that gold, blue cord reference out, so they must have thought it was wrong. Three, you guys don't send us ASIN change notifications, so how are we supposed to know when something changed? I said it much nicer, and I kept the wording um, because in case I have to use it again or anybody in the group needs to use it to fix this kind of issue, that's the process I get. So then I opened it up. I opened up a new case, holding my breath, referencing the previous case, because we know a lot of times they'll just automatically close those. But my first line said, please escalate to a membership of the leadership team. All caps, first line, etc. And then I pasted in my, um, my evidence, attached the screenshot, the images, blah, 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 blah. And then like held my breath, hoping it wouldn't be shut down like right away. And it went through and I looked back in like 10 minutes and it was still open. So I said, okay, I don't think... I don't think they're going to like automatically close it, even though it referred to that other closed case, but who knows what happens. So that was Friday late. And I looked again like at midnight when I went to bed and it was still sitting there open. So I thought, okay. Woke up Saturday, still open. Finally, an email comes through midday on Saturday about this case. And I'm like, oh, you know, have you ever had that feeling? Do I want to open this one? Do I really want to look at it? Um, so I did holding my breath, and I don't know why I think holding my breath is going to fix things, but I do. I always hold my breath when I do these things. And Amit, A-M-I-T, from the leadership team, had reviewed it, and he agreed with the evidence I presented, and he removed the feedback. Oh, my God, really? It was like, first of all, that, uh, that weight I'd been carrying around all day kind of lifted. And it's like, okay, there is sort of a plan to get stuff like this done if you find a person like Amit who could actually understand the thing. And I think that that's, that is so hard for us because we know people aren't reading these things. They're under time, unreasonable time constraints. So it's just like, paste this, paste this, paste this, move on, paste this, move on, paste this. Chris McCabe has told us how fast they have to work um, in doing this kind of stuff. So that led me to um, develop, have that plan developed and that, that, um, that process if this happens again. But it also means I have 900 SKUs I have to look through and find out which ones have gold cords that got changed because it looks like this person um, updated all of them to say with blue cords, even though they don't. Um, so that's on my to-do list, um, and I think just for the sake of sanity, I'm going to do it as I get replacements in for these products, because so, I order from the company once a week. So as my shipment will be here Tuesday, as I'm replenishing those that have sold out that come in on Tuesday, then I'll fix those and just go through systematically. Um, I think that's pretty much the only way to keep my sanity. Um, Anyway, so Jennifer says she's had better luck with cases where I add an attachment. Yeah, maybe it makes them actually look. So I had two this morning that got bumped right back to fix a product page saying the image doesn't show the, the product. 
It's in a box, for God's sakes. I'm not opening up the box to show you the product. So it's like, oh, God, it's just craziness. Um, so anyway, so that's the process. If that happens to you, there is hope at the end of the tunnel, which leads me in to the whole hijack listing things that people have been um, facing. I listened to a, a webinar about a month ago, and I will find the link and put it in the group about hijack listings and what to do about them. Um, it was basically from private label brand owners who are brand registered. That's who it was aimed at, um, which is not me. But there was some information that I could take away that maybe can help you guys. Um, one is that um, these issues come about in two ways. One is through Vendor Central, meaning they can grab control of listings through their Vendor Central account. Um, that we can't see or do. And the other is through flat files. And that's why when Robin Johnson came up with that flat file class that's coming up, when is it? I've got so many classes coming up. Uh, tomorrow at uh, uh, 3 p.m. Uh, my time that I thought, oh, this would be really good to learn. So, anyway, so that's the two ways things can get changed. Um, through Vendor Central or through Flat Files. And here's the thing. If you are a brand and you are not brand registered, people have been taking over your brand name. Okay, let's just say Susie Sells Stuff is your brand name. And you have not trademarked it and then brand registered it. If you have successful products, there have been black hat people going in and trademarking your store name and then getting brand registered on Amazon with that and kicking you off everything. That's one evil way. It's like I, if these people spent their time developing good products and all that, it would be a much better world, but it's not, and you know this is just going to happen more. Um, the, the people on the webinar said Amazon is aware that this happens, but I think maybe they're aware at a higher level um, and it's not trickling down to the frontline people. And that's why people like Ed and um, I mean, Ellie has a problem uh, with one of her listings also are not getting people who understand the problem and why it's happening. So that's why I was said earlier, please trademark your store name and get it brand registered. I've done all three in my, my logo and my two store names. Um, are brand registered, even though I don't have any private label products. I just and did it to protect that. Ron has done his also, his logo and his um, his store name. Just just do that. But anyway, back to the hijack thing. So that's that's one way um, sellers are hijacking listings, and that's like the bad hijack. You know, that's hijack with a gun and all of that. Um, Jen posted earlier. I think it was Jen, um, about someone who's come on a listing of hers um, where she has something that makes it unique. And I have several of those. Um, and she wanted to know what to write to them um, to get them off the listing. And I'll post what I, I send to people because this happens once in a while. Um, and it always happens with the same seller. And I always get the same answer. They'll say, we have someone new and they didn't know. No, I don't think so. I think it's like you're trying to see if I'm still watching um, because it's a bundle I made that includes an article I wrote that, on how to use the things in the bundle. Um, so they do get themselves off of it once I send them the letter, um, but it's annoying to have to do it. So, um, so Jen, I will post in the group what I wrote. It's basically um, what you did, and you can, you know, Tweak it as you said. Um, I don't. I don't tell them that you need to make a new listing. Um, I just basically tell them you are not authorized and have no legal right to sell this product because um, you don't have the right to use my copyrighted information. It's, you know, I, I worded it a little better, but so that's kind of the. I think you said it was a new seller, didn't you, Jen? I think maybe that one might be somewhat innocent, they don't know, or they're pretending they don't know. Um, or it could be they know good and well and they're hoping they can get by with it. 
But then what are they going to do when the person complains because they didn't get the extra thing that's supposed to get there? And I, I saw on one of mine that there was um, a negative product review because someone didn't get the insert. So obviously I missed a period of time where this person was selling, you know, the bundle, which is very easy to recreate. Um, they were selling the bundle without the insert, and the person left a bad review saying, where do I get the, the handout that was supposed to be with this? Um, so, um, so, yeah, so you don't want the bad reviews on that. And, you know, basically you want to say, God, just wake up, people. Um, you know, the downside to Amazon is, is there's a pretty low barrier to entry. I mean, you don't even need to pay the $40 a month to get started, um, which also means um, there are a lot of people that have no clue what they're doing. And I have... Oh, it's an RA seller with 26 feedback and one other wholesale account. Yeah, probably new and doesn't know. But we'll get, we'll get you the letter and you can send it to them. Um, I, think, I think you've sat on it long enough in the hour or two, and, and I've thought about it, and I would just send what we would come up with to them. Um, but having – I'm in a zillion Facebook groups for Amazon, both private label and RA and wholesale. And I am amazed at the questions that are asked um, by people who profess to know better, basic rule questions about Amazon. Um, and it's not like they're only asked once and then they learn. It's just there is like people have jumped in and not done the homework first, and that's, um, that's what happens. Um, Okay, Jennifer saying, I've never contacted another seller. Any worries as far as Amazon in doing this? Um, no, because you're not doing asking anything about price or anything. You're not filing an IP complaint um, because that can go really wrong. Um, there was somebody in the group who did that on somebody who was selling something with the listing, and they kicked them off the listing instead of the other person. Um, so I would... Um, I would, um, you know, do the letter and just see what comes of it. And you can PM me, you know, about this as we move forward. But I think it's good that the whole group sees what you can do when this happens. Um, Jelly says, there's a third option on, I didn't know, new sellers are paying for training by people who are teaching incorrect info. I talked to three new training companies at ASD and was shocked about the incorrect info they gave me. Yeah. Yeah, Shelley, I was on a webinar put on by an industry group that I belong to um, about selling on Amazon. I lasted like, I can't remember, 15 minutes um, because they were giving out incorrect information. From the very beginning, it was, it was shocking, and I couldn't like be a part of it. I just couldn't listen to it. You know, I thought, okay, now here's, there were like 50 people on the webinar. It was a free part of the trade association. Um, and this woman had been selling on Amazon for a year, and she acted like she knew it all, you know. Um, I've been selling on it for 18 years now, and I don't know anything. Um, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but I think I know more than the average person, but not after a year. Um, Shelly, I do that with stuff when I go in. She says, Shelly says, I asked as if I didn't know anything about Amazon. I do the same thing to see what they say. I play really dumb. Um, yeah, and, and ASD is a minefield because it's the lowest barrier to entry trade show there is, the lowest barrier to entry. Anybody can go, right? You know, you really don't even need a sales tax license, but, you know, anybody can go to that show. I went once, and that was enough for me. It's not my products. It's not my thing. But you can – it is flooded with Amazon sellers and new Amazon sellers because it's the lowest barrier in two shows. So you can see why, why training companies were there. They were looking to, to grab the brand-new people, you know, to try to get them in. But the inc incorrect information that's put out there is mind-boggling. And you guys know if I don't know something, I'm not going to pretend. I'm going to say, I don't know but I'll try to find out. Um, and then you get in other groups where people profess to know everything about everything, and they've been a seller for six months, you know? Um, so anyway, back to the whole hijacking thing. So Ed 
tell me a little more, since I see you're still there, um, the issue you're having, you created a listing for a product and someone has hijacked it and you can't get back on it. Um, if you could, like, post – or, Ed, are you in a place where you can talk? Because I can unmute you. So let me know in chat, Ed. I don't know if you're at the office and, like, have to lay low or what. Because I would like to get to the bottom of this one because I think it's going to happen more and more. So we'll see what Ed comes back with, um, if he can talk about it. But from what I gathered from reading in the group, Ed created a listing, um, has been selling on it. Someone has come in and hijacked the listing and bad hijacked. Oh, Ed's at home. Uh, Ed, is, is your phone number start with area code 702? I want to unmute the right person. Um, 702, blah, blah, blah. Is that you? If it is, say yes, and then I can unmute you. And then we can talk about this one. Good. Uh, oh, hmm. I'm going to unmute this person and see who this is. Oh, Jen, no, that's you. Jen, you're in the 720 area code, aren't you? I don't want to mute the wrong person. I don't see. Oh, Ed, you're not showing up here where I can unmute you. Yikes. Okay, stay in chat and I will talk. Um, let's see. I will talk and if I get anything wrong in this. Um, um, oh, okay, you're 724, Jen. Let me unmute this person and let's see. Okay, Ed, have I unmuted you? Let's see. Say something. I guess I haven't. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to mute that person back, and I apologize, whoever you were. Um, anyway, so um, let's. So Ed has got this listing he created on a product he's been selling a while. Someone has come in and and bad hijacked it, meaning changed the brand and brand registered so Ed can't get back on it now. Yeah, Shelly, I see that, but I have no way to unmute guests, any of the guests. That's the problem. Um, so if you guys could sign in that next time, um, oh, make a TalkShoe account and sign in, then I can see I can't unmute guests, unfortunately. So Ed can't get back on this listing. So this case, there's like a couple things to do. Um, I don't know if the, if the item doesn't have a UPC, say it's a generic kind of item, I would recall them, um, get a GTNI exemption for your brand name. Uh, hopefully you've trademarked it, and this is another reason why you need to trademark it, and then list them that way. If it's a brand name that you buy from someone that doesn't have UPCs, get a GTIN exemption for their brand name. You know, there's that form in the group that you can send them to. I'll send to them. They sign it, and you can get the exemption. I just did one this weekend. Um, it's a small mom-and-pop company, and they don't have UPCs, so they sent me the GTIN exemption, and I was able to make the listings that way. And then make new listings with these um, under the correct brand name, not the hijacked one, and make new listings and start again. I mean, it's a horrible thing to have to do, um, but other than fighting the good fight, and is it worth it to, like, hire someone like Chris or Cynthia to fight this one for you? Because um, you will lose your feedback and, uh, I mean, not your feedback, your reviews and all that, and your rank by making a new listing. Um, it may be worth it if the product's that valuable to you. I've tagged Chris in the group, and I know he responded asking, was this a listing you created? Um, he may have an idea in the group when we go back there to see what to do. But um, this, this should not happen. This kind of thing should not happen. This is one where it's above my pay grade to understand how Amazon can fix this from happening. Um, I have a very basic thing is that you don't kick the person who made the listing off the listing no matter what until you investigate thoroughly. That's like the, the simple one. Um, you just don't do that. You don't, you know, you don't jump in. And you have to do some due diligence, not just, oh, well, this person came in with the, um, the right stuff. Um, 
and we'll just change it. And you still don't show up where I can unmute you, and I don't fig- cannot figure out why that happened. So um, if I've gotten anything wrong so far, put it in the chat. Um, but I think that's a, a succinct thing of what happens. Ellie has one where they change one of her items to a dog collar, and it's her brand. Um, so, so the two things Ed I would do is first look and see if Chris has answered you in the group because hopefully he has and maybe he can point you in the direction and then decide do you want to fight this by trying to get the listing yeah, I'll tell you thank you it's KU who had that too thank you he had the same kind of issue um, and, and you know Ed is, has posted that he is suffering that the case is closed thing um, and can't get anybody to read it um, oh, so he did answer. I haven't had a chance to look since I've been talking, so we'll see. Um, it's just another thing we have to worry about. As Jen said, this business is so stressful. And every time I see someone saying, oh, it's so easy to sell on Amazon, you just throw up your product and that's it. Yeah, right. Well, that shows how little you actually know and how long you've been in the trenches. Because everybody listening now has been in the trenches and has had stuff happen Stuff that shouldn't happen has happened. Um, Amazon has grown at a pace that they probably never expected, and they're so um, insular in that one hand doesn't know what the other is doing, that silo effect where you work on your project and that's it, um, that, um, that it's really hard to get people to understand the other part. Um, we saw that both at that, the Women Entrepreneurs Conference that Amazon put on a couple years ago that we went to, and I had a real long chat with someone because I answered a survey and they wanted to talk to me, and I spent like an hour and a half on the phone with this, this person. Um, and, it, and, he, and I asked, I said, you know, here's what, I can't remember what department he was in, but I said, do you understand what's going on in Amazon as a whole, the whole third-party thing. I don't expect them to know the retail side. Um, but, um, but he said, no, we really don't know what's going on anywhere else. You know, so, so this little person is doing their little piece of this enormous worldwide puzzle, and they have no idea how it affects the other pieces of the puzzle. And I think there has to be some, there has to be something that's going to change. I'm not smart enough to know what it is. But something is going to have to change where Amazon as a whole works, not just pieces of Amazon work. And I think, you know, we're valuable to them. I mean, we are. Whether they will admit it or not, we're like 40% of their revenue, more than 40%. Um, it's a huge number. Um, they wouldn't be building all this where, these warehouses to hold our stuff if we weren't valuable. But the fact they treat us like dirt, um, it seems, I just, I, I know it's like me being all whiny, but sometimes I feel like they treat the black hat sellers better than they treat us who try to follow every single rule and do everything right. That's just somehow I feel like somehow, you know, that, that they are able to get away with stuff. And we know there have been payoffs inside the Amazon community. People have been paid off to do things. We know that happens too. But there's got to be a sea change. There's got to be a change in how third-party sellers are coming or are treated. Or all they're going to end up with is people like, like those of us who are listening and, and um, those of us in the group who are serious about our business you know, this is our livelihood. We want to follow the rules. We want to treat customers well. We want to do it right. Well, we're going to quit beating our heads against the wall. And we're going to say, fine, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm tired of being, you know, dreading waking up to looking at what emails have come in or to see if I've been suspended or not. Something has got to change somewhere. Or all Amazon is going to be left with is newbie sellers who have no clue what they're doing and black hat people who are trying to just destroy other businesses, and that's it. So I don't know what the change is going to be. Um, I don't know how it's going to come out, but something's going to have to happen. You know, Amazon, excuse me, wants to sell everything to everybody, but, you know, they don't have everything. 
Um, there are a lot of vendors who have wised up and will not sell to Amazon because they've been treated badly by Amazon. So they're going to lose that whole catalog of products unless we as third-party sellers bring those to Amazon. So, you know, I, can't, I would love to be a fly on the wall in some of these board meetings um, to see, you know, what they're going to do. And maybe because we are down in the trenches working at it every day, we can sometimes be too close and only think about how it affects us. But um, that's all we can do is, is how it affects us as business people. Because we can't fix the whole big picture. We can only fix what we can fix. Um, anyways, that's my soapbox. Um, John Wayne sent me an email this morning, says he can't make the podcast. He's sorry he can't hear my rant today. I think I've been pretty controlled. Um, but I did admit that Friday was the closest I've ever come to quitting. And I've come close a lot of times, but it lasts like five minutes, you know, and then you see 10 more sales have come in. It's like, okay. But um, Dahlia says, Char, my trademark is in process. Good girl. What do you think are the best things we can do in the meantime? So yours is, is been submitted and um, is being reviewed in that six to nine month process. Um, is going on. Um, make sure you have your domain name. Um, and that's about all you can do now, though you are somewhat protected since it's, it's in the pipeline, for want of a better word. Someone who comes along now and applies for it, um, they will see that that first one is ahead. You know, that's, that's my knowledge of trademark law right there. I'm not a lawyer and I don't profess to be. But you're first in line, um, assuming there's not somebody in front of you um, who got there first. But I, I, I know Thalia is a smart woman that she's checked that at least. And, and uh, So make sure you have your domain name um, and that it matches your Amazon store. And, you know, uh, open up, if you don't have an eBay store in that same store name, I would say open one up, a free one. You know, not a store, an account. It wouldn't be a store for free. Um, you know, the more places you can get your name, the better. Get all the social media you can for that name. Um, um, that's what I did way back when, when I first started with my first name. Big mistake, my name was too long. Don't use a long name. Um, do something that will fit reasonably in all the amounts of social media wants or some way to shorten your name to... Um, to be able to fit in what the social media accounts want. I would get all of those, um, definitely, even if you don't use them, but you can show ownership of them. Um, yeah, you know me on social media. I don't love social media. You can open the account, Sally. We know you can do that. Um, then you don't have to do anything with them, but it does prove you're using the, um, the name. You know, whether it will do anything in the end, I don't know. But, you know, there you go. Um, Ed says he can't quit now. Yeah, Ed, you're kind of committed. Um, so it, it will be a more stressful situation probably, though I don't know because then you don't have the stress from that, the job, which is I can't imagine the stress. I mean, the past two years have been horrible. Um, so maybe it will be a different stress. Um, but you've got Linda too, which I think, I think that will be a huge help getting her involved in the whole process, and you said she's been going through and finding stuff that hasn't been listed and you're getting it listed, which is great. Um, so I think that's, Talia um, says, as I understand it, even brand registry isn't going to add that much protection from a lot of this stuff. Uh, it will add some. Let's just say we don't know how much, but it's better than nothing. Um, you know, one, one thin layer is better than no layers. Um, and we can only do what we can do until Amazon gets better at this whole kind of thing. Um, yeah, and Ed says he's excited to go full-time and Linda's helping so much. I'm really glad. I think it will be good for you guys. I really do. Because she has strengths that I know are not your strengths, um, which is good as long as you guys can agree to just do what you do best. And Shelly says Ed can always jump in the pool if things get too bad. Yeah, and he's got his great shop too, so um, so that'll be nice too. So, and 
you know, then it's out of the house and out of mind, and you guys can close the door when you're done and walk back to the house and and sit on the porch and watch the sunset. So anyway, I've ranted for an hour. I hope that helped a little bit um, with stuff. Please ask questions in the group, and I can only tell you two things. What I know, well, I can tell you three things. What I know, what I don't know, which is bigger than what I know, and then what I do. So like on the whole GTIN thing um, that Shelly asked about, I can only say what I know for sure and what I do. There's so many unknowns in that. Because Amazon, you know they don't know how they're going to handle this. They made this change, and now they're all sitting up there trying to figure out, okay, how do we actually implement this now? I'll bet my whole Amazon store that that's what they've done on this. You know, somebody came up with this, and it, it's, it's been, okay, this is a great idea, and now we're all sitting around, okay, how do we really make this work? What do we do about all those listings, that, those catalog pages, listings that were created? We have no clue. So we're just going to, like, fumble our way through till we sort of maybe kind of figure it out. And, oh, when we figure it out, we won't tell anybody what we figured out. You're just going to have to guess, right? So on that note, I'm going to leave you because the Evernote webinar has started, the clean house with Evernote, and I need to clean mine up. So I'm going to let you guys go now after the hour. Ask questions in the group. Um, hang in there. We're all in this together, which makes it far better than being in this alone. So take care, guys. Bye-bye.